You can make life happen. You can get things. You can overwork your body, overwork your mind, underlove your family and all the people around you because you're so focused on a goal. You can make life happen, and you can get some things. But when you get those things by making life happen, at the end of the day, you lay your head down, and you've got that, what's it all for? What is this about? I feel empty inside. Lynn Twist the author of The Soul of Money and the book that we'll be reading this series, as Daryl mentioned, please get the book. Please read it. It is one of my favorite, favorite books. She faced that same drama. She was, this was in the 60s, I believe, and um, her husband was very successful, and as she says in the story, she had the cars, and she had all the things that the neighbors had, and the neighbors started getting the cottages and the second homes, so they got the cottages and the second homes, and suddenly the trips that they took over the summer needed to be to other countries because going camping just wasn't what the norm was doing, so they started, they kept up with the Joneses, kept up with the Joneses, and they had, in their case, enough resources to do this. But what was happening to her was she was feeling more and more empty. And what she realized was that she actually wasn't experiencing love with her children because she was, her and her husband were gone so much. They had the nannies and the sitters and they had all the other people raising her family, being with her family while they were on this empty quest of manifestation. And when she hit the wall, she realized the sickness that exists within our culture around this thing called money. So we are going to talk about money for five weeks, and I think it's important to talk about it because, number one, uh, most of you would rather talk about your sex life than talk about money, and I know most of you don't want to talk about your sex life. That's how bad you don't want to talk about money, (laughs) right? And that's how important, that's how vitally important it is. People say money isn't the problem. I get that. I get the consciousness, and back of the money is the consciousness, the belief, blah, blah, blah. That's true. However, I'm going to say, over our next five weeks, I'm just going to say money is the problem. Money is the problem like someone who's going into the emergency room with a big, huge, slash, hemorrhaging leg, and they go, you know what, don't take care of the leg right now, but I've got this little paper cut on my hand. If we could just take care of this. in In the moment of extreme crisis, the leg is the problem, and that's what the doctors and the nurses would address. So we're going to say for us that this is the problem. And why is it a problem? Let me tell you why. Did you know that is the number one cause of divorce? Money. The stress of money is the number one cause of divorce. It is the number one contributor to disease. Because the CDC says 85% of all disease is stress-related. What's the number one stressor in life? Money. The number one stressor, disease, or the number one stressor, money, causes disease. It causes people literally to die from stress. Unnecessary. It is unnecessary. And my goal is to um, help us heal this, to be way showers in the world, to disconnect us from this enormous, enormous um, uh, vibration that sits in the core of race consciousness that says money is the way. Getting money is the solution. Having money is the answer. Um, all the stuff around. Then, then, then people tend to knee-jerk to the other side. I don't need money. I don't want money. It's bad. It's evil. All the stuff that occurs. I say we lop off both ends of them, get to the center, neutralize it, call it over, and then create a divine and right idea of this thing called money. Are you with me?
If you don't have a balanced, abundant relationship with money, it is likely affecting your health. It is affecting, affecting your relationships. It is definitely affecting your relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying having more. Hear me. Whatever your relationship with money, you can have one dime in your pocket. And if your relationship with money is healthy and okay, your relationship with God can somehow be strengthened and stronger in relationship to that. So I'm talking about the unhealthy connections to them that disconnect us from the God of our being. So why does money matter really? Money matters because it affects every area of our life. It is simply the way that we exchange energy. It is the symbol that we use to trade, to barter. There was a time when it didn't exist. It's a made-up thing. Man made it up, but man made it up for a reason. It was made up for a purpose. It was made up as a tool to make trading and bartering and relationship easier. That's why it was created. Now, somehow, as it always happens in the world of form when we disconnect from God, the money itself became the thing. And as soon as money became the thing, the sickness began. Anytime, anytime the thing of this world becomes the thing, not the essence, the reason for its being in back of it, that's when we're trapped. Now, we all came into this world much, much, much later than that decision was made. So you need to really realize that and love yourself and give yourself a big, huge break. This decision that money was the thing did not happen in 1999. And you all were here, so you were messed up, or you were okay before it. It happened so long ago, before you arrived. Your parents, your grandparents, their parents, the culture, the government, all the systems became infected and problemed by this thing, by making money the thing. You came into that consciousness, and of course, we absorbed it. Of course, all of us took the energy on to lesser and greater degrees. So it doesn't matter where it came from. It's not about blame or shame. It's about owning it, taking responsibility and saying, okay, doesn't matter how I got here. I'm here and I'm the one that is willing to create and cause the healing. That's what we're here for. That's what we're about. What, were you, what was your parents' relationship with money when you were growing up? Not to blame them, but... Just to check it out. Were they relaxed, happy, and free, living in an abundant life? Did they talk to you about it? Did they teach you how to work with it and show you the ways that they were working with it? Showing you the ways that they were using it for good, making mistakes here and there? Did they, did they take you into the relationship? Did they share with you their struggles and invite you to be a part of the solution? I know in my household that did not occur at all. We never talked about it. We never talked about this thing called money. It was clear it was the stress that was happening. And we definitely were keeping up with the Jones's family. I, talk, I, I often tell the story. There were about five houses that were in a row, and we were in the middle. And the two on each side got their pools one summer. Now, that equals four pools, right? So the next summer, we had to get our pool the bigger pool than the other four pools, which makes five pools in a row in one between five houses. Now, 
I didn't know the difference. As kids, we actually just used to pool hop and do all that kind of stuff. But in hindsight, it's an example of where we really didn't need a pool. And I don't think my parents could actually really afford as large of the pool that we got. And it was truly unnecessary for all of us to have one, right? I mean, have a, each of us have a bathtub. That's fine. But a pool, <laughs> right? That was the consciousness that we grew up in. And it was always fun to get it. It was fun to have these things, but there was an after effect. There was this wave where suddenly the parents were grumpy. Suddenly you'd say something and you'd get like attacked or wronged or something. You'd get in trouble for something that was really kind of silly and off, but it was all the buildup of this stress that was happening. That also happened, I've told the story, it, happens, it always happened after Christmas. You could always count on like the 26th or 27th, there was some blow up. That would occur. There was some, because it had to shift and balance the energy, right? It had to relieve itself because in my experience, perhaps not in yours, but I think in, mo, in a lot of, because it is our culture of consumerism, when the parents went beyond what they were capable of doing for the love, for the joy, for all the good reasons, when you go beyond your, your correct um, resources, you are then tapping into all of the negativity, the fear, the stress that lives on the other side. So that's the consciousness that I grew up in. That's the experience that I had um, growing up around money with my family. So take just a few seconds. Turn within. Take a deep breath right now. And just ask yourself, what was my parents' relationship with money when I was growing up? And don't look for an example, but just open up to, to that insight. If you get the sense that you weren't surrounded by abundance or there was stress around this, then you are somehow carrying baggage if you haven't taken the time to heal it yourself. We are simply carrying their energy. No shame, no blame. We just want to open up and we want to create an opportunity for healing for us and for them. All right, open your eyes. This doesn't have to be hard. The shifting of this consciousness does not have to be hard. We can do it in a collective wave, which is always my intention when we take on series like this. The intention is that we, the Bodhi Spiritual Center, this community, takes on the vibration of healing something like this. And you join us every Sunday, join the workshops, do whatever's right and good for you. But the wave that we accept lifts us all up, takes us into it, and you yourself get to be the beneficiary of the healing. You are the beneficiary of the good, of the healing, of the miracles that take place within this intention. So there will be times if you attend the workshops and take advantage of what we're offering over these five weeks, of which there is a lot, for you to do personal deep healing. But at the minimum, I want you just to allow yourself in relationship with the, uh, with the God of your being to expand in the healing and to expand in your knowing of, of your birthright of, of prosperity and abundance, to know that and to live in that as much as you possibly can. Doesn't that sound good? Whatever that is, I want that for you. I'm tired of making money a false god. Making money the golden calf. Making it the thing that we're so afraid of, that we so want. The thing that it's hard to talk about. The thing that it's challenging to ask for. The thing that keeps us up at night in worry. I'm tired of that. 
I don't think that that is why we came here. I don't think that that is God's divine design for your life. Did you worry about money? Good for you. You did it. All right. Did you stress a lot? Because that's what I really wanted. I really wanted you to feel bad about yourself. How'd you do? It's silly. That's not the intention. So we have to decide. We have to make a decision that we're not going to play that game anymore. And part of, the, part of the way to live in that decision is to have the conversations, talk about the things that previously we wouldn't have or we didn't want to. We have to bring things forward into the light, allowing the light to transform it. The theme is anything is possible when we believe. That is the other side of the equation. Anything is possible, yes. That just is. Anything is possible. I think we can all, if you just land there and just sit in there, anything's possible. Yes, that, that, that is, I get that. In this infinite world where planes fly and people travel and, and, and spaceships can go to the moon and that which used to cause people to die is now healable, anything's possible. Anything's possible. It's this side of the equation that we'll be working on. When you believe, when your belief is activated powerfully, not your hoping, not your wishing, not your trying to be good, not your anything except focusing on your belief, your believability. So will you believe with me that you were born out of the consciousness of infinite good? Is that possible? That you were born from this consciousness of infinite good? Could you believe with me that this universe is a big yes? It's just a big yes. And, and, and I think we get that. You can just, like, if you, if you don't want, you know, it just is a big yes. And this is the third one that's a little bit more challenging. Could you believe that you are worthy to be unlimitedly prosperous, if that's a correct way to say it? <laughs> Could you believe that you are worthy? That's where it's, you know, belief meter, yes, yes. When it becomes personal, that's where the healing is, right there. Where you really can wake up in the morning and just go, I am the beloved. I am. And you got to breathe that in a lot because the conditioning has been otherwise for so long. You know, you can read every Bible verse and every great sacred text that says, you are the beloved in whom I am well pleased. Um, All the love that's poured out through the scriptures for you individually, you can read it over and over and over. But if there's a part of you that says, no, not me, no, not me, no, not me, then the door's closed. So this series, part of our healing is to open that door of belief and to really get that we're worthy, to get that this isn't for other people, it's for you. It's for you. Say that. This is for me. me. Say that again. This is for me. Yes. I'm talking about is something called wealth consciousness. You require nothing outside of yourself to increase your wealth consciousness. You don't need one more bobble, bangle, or bead. You don't need one more penny. I don't care how many bills... You have waiting for you. I don't care how long. I mean, I do care, but you know what I mean. However long you've been trying to get that job, however months have gone by, changing any of that, you don't need it to change your wealth consciousness. In fact, 
what we teach and believe and know is that when the wealth consciousness is expanded, that's when the things of this world begin to outpicture and change. Wealth consciousness is simply the expansion of your consciousness and awareness into the wealthy parts of yourself. You have wealthy parts of who you are. You have parts that get it. You really do. Some people get it in money. Some people get it in love. Some people get it in health. Some people get it in friendships. Some people get it in creative expression. All of us have a wealthy pocket. Somehow, somewhere in divine intelligence, there's, 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 each of us has a pocket. So to breathe into that pocket, to accept that, and to expand that pocket of wealth consciousness so that it, it um, layers over, infuses, and infiltrates all of the other pockets. Because the way to live powerfully is when this wealth consciousness is expanded into the areas of your life where you heretofore thought there wasn't enough. That's the key point. One of the areas that I want to begin focusing on this week, and it is the primal one that we've got ourselves stuck in in our cultures. Anyone think? And one guess. What do you think this culture believes we don't have enough of? Time. Time. The fact of the matter is, time is expandable. You have all that you need. Period. Period. That's it. You have all the time you need. Time expands. You are literally the creator of it. Now, that is a huge idea, especially those who are, who are chasing it all the time, especially those of you who are running out of it all the time, especially those who are spending it so haphazardly and foolishly that when it comes time to need it, you already ran out. Do you get that? Do you ever spend so much? Do you ever waste your time? To the point that when it comes time to using it for good, there's not any left. But you got all the time. Everyone wakes up whenever you wake up and you got X number of hours before you. No one gets more time in a day. But it's how we use it. It's how we think about it. It's our relationship to it. So the thing that I invite you to expand with me this week is the idea of time. That you're the creator of it. That there's enough. This is an Einstein theory, people. Go back, and I can't break it down very well, but go Google Einstein theory on time and figure it out because this is as far as I can take you on it. (laughs) But I do believe it. And it's an important one for us because if we, we, you can't go, I have all the money, I have all these things, and you are living in the lie that you don't have enough time. It's not possible. That lie will begin to infiltrate into the other areas of your life. The same way I'm saying wealth consciousness needs to grow and expand into all areas of your life, the lie, if you have one area of lack and limitation, that lie will become like a parasite and a disease and a virus that will spread throughout all areas of your life. So let's start with one of the core lies, one of the core diseases of our culture and of our current state of being, which is this thing called time. And all I want you to do is to just affirm that you have enough of it. I want you to pay attention to how you're spending it. No shame, no blame. That's the first thing that, the, the first thing you got to do is get with how are you using it? Are you giving it away foolishly? Are you giving it to everybody else first? Are you making sure that everyone else gets time from you and then you're the last one on the list? Are you giving it in all these crazy ways, but not ever intentionally giving it? Are you giving a portion of your time to what matters? 
Are you sharing it? Are you joining either a, a team here at Bodie or a nonprofit organization or something that moves your heart? This is one of your resources, time. If you want it to multiply, are you sharing it? You don't get to just, it's, it's the law of circulation. When you give your time to what you believe in and what matters, it multiplies. It becomes blessed and every other area of your life gets to, gets to benefit from it. It is good. <laughs> it is good. How many of you, how many of you could use some more time? Some of us, a good handful of us. If you were literally given, hey, here's an extra 20 hours in the upcoming week, would you take it? Could you use it? Would you go, oh, wow, then I would write that book. Then I would go help the animals at pause. Then I would help feed the hungry. If I could just get that extra 20 hours, then I would start using it for good. That is bull crap. That just is. Now, the truth of the matter is, all that story is transferable to money. The same thing. How are you squandering it? How are you not allowing yourself to have more? How are you making yourself last on the list? Just spewing it all over the place, not paying attention, so that when it comes time to use it for something good, oh, I don't have enough. When I win the lotto, then I'm going to help people. That's also bullcrap. The truth of the matter is we're the creator of our insanity. We're the creator of our prosperity. We're the creator of our good. And we stand as a portal through which our highest intentions and most optimum ways of living can be expressed. Your life can have enough time to create, to share, to help others, to rest, to play, to, to work in a way that makes a difference. You have enough time for that. And you actually can have enough money to get all your bills paid to share it with those that you want to share it with in intentional ways, to, to, to put a portion aside so that it expands and, and helps with the, with the future that's to come or not come. Who knows? Who cares? But you have enough of that also. You stand on the cutting edge, the forefront, the portal through which your intentions and your ability to manifest this and to make more of it is. You're right there. You are it. And it is as you believe. So you've got to begin with number one, there's enough. There is enough. I love how Lynn Twist talks about this because she takes the idea of there being sufficiency. There's enough. Let's just live there. There's an infinite, unlimited abundance. Yes, that's great. I just want enough right now. I want you to experience the joy of enough. You can expand from enough if you want to, but wouldn't it be amazing to walk through your days? And some of you do, so thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that, because I don't mean to imply that some of you don't. If you are in the, oh, I have enough, great. What's your next expansion? How can you start sharing more? How can you, if you have enough and more than enough for you to live, how can you now become the portal that's a philanthropist? How can, is that right? Pist, pist, fist, philanthropist. Pist. <laughs> Someone who's generous. <laughs> With intention and care about the things you care about. That's a fun fantasy, isn't it? To, to really have your own endowment that you could just give away and that, that can really go where you want it to go. That might be your next expansion. 
For some of us, we got to get into enough. You got to just be there. Oh, there's enough for me. There's enough for me in this moment. There's enough. There's enough. There's enough time for you to do what you're here to do and more and more. There's enough money. There's enough substance. There's enough God substance that outpictures as this thing called money. You understand, just so we're clear, you understand that we actually make money, right? It's actually made. You get that, right? Literally. Literally. It's just made. That's all it is. So it's not something that we got to take the big boogeyman out of this thing. God did not create money as the portal through which to know God. We created money as a way to exchange, to share, as a symbol. Now, let's, let, me, let me get to the end here with just talking about what is it that we're always actually here to share. It is simply love. That's all that we're ever truly exchanging. At the spiritual level of our being, at the essence inside of oneness, all that we're ever doing is extending our love, receiving love. It, that's how we are one. That's the essence of what I call God, love. And it's everywhere. It's from which all comes. It is the truth of being. There is no other. And every time, even when you extend a dollar over the, over the counter at the 7-Eleven, what you're actually doing is extending a vibration of yourself, of love, of essence. Now, it's dense, dense, dense. By the time it gets to the dollar being passed over to the person working behind the counter, it's at such a dense level of understanding that you would never probably ever think about that. But if you take all those layers off, and if you could peer behind the 10,000 layers, if they all were, were removed for a moment, and you could peer into what's actually occurring, all you would see is love being exchanged. That's all that's happening. Love, making love, meeting love, sharing love, expanding love. That's what's occurring. That's the essence of life. That's where we want to really, by the end of these five weeks, drill down to. Understanding that that's all that's ever happening. And any symbol that's layered over that, if you make it your God, it is a false God and it must crumble. So this week, we allow to crumble all false beliefs about time, all false beliefs about money. Are you with me? Are you prosperous? And so it is. And if anyone would like to know what I was really going to say, I can email you this. Because <laughs> I worked on it. One of these days, I'm going to let myself just enjoy my Saturday night. <laughs> All right, take a deep breath. Turn within. I invite our spiritual counselors to stand and hold the space. I invite our core counsel, if you're here, and our leadership, the amazing leadership. If you're a leader here at Bodhi, please stand and hold this space with us. You are the portal through which love flows in this community. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great. Indeed, the greatness of God is here now. How great it is. How glorious life is. This ever-expanding, magnificent life of beauty and freedom. It is eternal. 
It knows no other. Its essence of being is perfect and complete. It is never born. It never dies, actually. The isness of life, the isness of God, how great it is, how magnificent the sustenance of God is, how beautiful God is, how powerful and healing.